Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, as we look ahead to the new year, we're going to take a look back at one of our favorite programs from the past year featuring some really interesting and innovative technology right here in the state of Ohio. Two professors found a creative and lucrative way to use technology to turn trash into treasure, bring beauty into the world, and reverse the ravages of toxic chemicals on the environment. It all starts at Ohio University in Athens, which is located about 65 miles southeast of Columbus in the heart of what once was and still is to a certain degree coal country. There, a toxic stew of chemicals called AMD, short for acid mine drainage, leaks into rivers and streams, leaving them orange and lifeless, literally a heavy metal wasteland. But then, about 10 years ago, environmental engineering professor Guy Riefler and art professor John Sabra got together to consider this question. Could we possibly turn the polluted but iron oxide-rich water into something both useful and profitable? Professor John Sabra. Iron oxides are the basis for the majority of the paints that artists use. And in fact, our earliest cave paintings are made with iron oxides. So I asked these people, like, hey, can I, you know, can I make paints out of this? And nobody knew. So I took a jar of this iron sludge from this stream, and I took it back to my studio, and I tried to make some paints with it. And, um, and I did a terrible job, and nothing good came out of it. <laughs> but right about the same time, I got asked by a friend of mine to meet with her professor so that, because he needed an artist's help. And I was like, okay. So I went and I had coffee with Professor Guy Riefler. It's the first time I'd met him. And he was trying to do the same thing. He was thinking that instead of treating this in a way where the pollution, right, instead of being as a waste product, he saw it as an entrepreneurial endeavor. So he was thinking, let's take this iron oxide, let's make it into a valuable pigment that we can make paints from, that we can color concrete with, et cetera. Let's sell that on the market and generate enough money to pay for the cleanup of the streams. And he needed my help to figure out how to make a really good quality pigment. And so we've been collaborating ever since. And eventually then, you made a deal with a company that could produce this as a commercial product? No, yeah, that's correct. So when I was, you know, making my way through grad school, I was working at an art supply store up in Chicago, in Evanston, actually, And there was uh, a dude who had just begun his own artist's oil paint company, and his name was Robert Gamblin. And so actually, he had come into the store a few times, and I had met him like a long time ago. So when we were working on this project, I reached out to their company, and I was like, look, I'm working on this project. And, you know, it was a little bit, you know, slow going at first because they get a lot of very interesting uh, emails from artists. Uh, but I went out there one day. I just went out to Portland, Oregon, to the factory, and I just kind of walked in, and I said, hey, look, I'm, I'm doing this project. we got to get together on this. And they were, they were geeked about it. They were like, yeah, let's do this. So for, gosh, it must be, must be seven or eight years now, they've been testing our pigments in their facilities and in their independent labs to make sure that they're safe, light fast, 
you know, non-toxic. And about 2018, yeah, 2018, they actually took a bunch of our pigment, made an initial batch of 500 tubes of oil paint in their factory, and we released that through a Kickstarter campaign, and that was so successful, they were like, let's just make, let's make three different colors using your pigments in a sustainable set of oil paints, and let's sell that on the market under our brand name. And that was released, perfectly timed, March 20th of 2020, when the world shut down for COVID. But it's done very well, and so to this day, we are actually continuing to produce pigments for Gamble and Artist Colors, and they are continuing to produce these sets. And the great thing about it is when they sell these sets, they give 20% of the proceeds back to us as a donation so we can continue to fund student labor and our project. Excellent. So which colors are they doing? You said that they initially did three colors. Are they doing more than that now, or is it just three? Yeah, let me clarify. They, uh, initially, we just did one color for the Kickstarter campaign, but once they began producing them under their own brand name, they're using three colors. And those three colors are kind of the benchmark range of what we can get with iron oxide pigment. So one is sort of a, like an ochre, like a brown ochre color, and that's kind of the raw pigment that we get out of our process. And then when we heat that pigment up to different temperatures and different circumstances, we can actually get that same iron oxide to turn a very beautiful burgundy. And so they're calling that, I think, rust red, which is nice. And when we treat it further, we can actually get that same pigment to turn violet, which is a, just a beautiful, beautiful dusky violet. And so those are the three colors that they have in the set. So is it doing pretty well? Are people buying these? And then as a result of that, have you been able to plow some of that money back into reclamation projects? Well, that's a good question. And really right now, the, the sets are selling very well, which is excellent. And we continue to produce pigment for them. But that's still um, a pretty small scale because artists don't really buy enough pigment to support like a whole pigment industry. So even though we do get money back from them, and that definitely helps us, you know, produce more pigment, fund students, um, et cetera, the real cleanup of the streams is going to come from the revenue sources that are industrial. So once our full-scale treatment plant is built, which is, you know, in the process now, that plant, which is located at Truetown, Ohio, will actually treat over a million gallons of acid mine drainage pollution every single day. And in that process, it will generate over 6,000 pounds of sustainably sourced iron oxide pigment. And then we can sell that on the market. And that will not only fund the running of the plant, provide jobs for the area, double the tax base for the town, but it will also produce enough of a profit that we can use that profit as you said, to, yes, clean up other streams as well. Excellent. So is it possible that you could, once you get this large-scale operation going, you could sell some of that product maybe to like a big paint supplier like Sherwin-Williams in Cleveland, for example, something like that? Yes, definitely. We have, you know, that's where our initial attack has been in terms of trying to get into the market. And that's something that we can do. It's the paint market is very specific for what they need, so we've been that's one of the things that we've been refining over the years is trying to make that pigment super fine quality so we can compete in that paint market. I see. Let's go back. You talked about that there's going to be a big plant built. So 
who's behind that? How is that going to work? Is that is that you and some other environmental activists, or is there a company doing that, or is that the city? How's that working? That's a good question. So basically, the process that we use is a patent that was uh, developed, of course, by Professor Guy Riefler, Chair of Civil Engineering here at Ohio University in the Russ College. And through a partnership with Ohio University, that patent is now, you know, owned by OU but licensed by us. And then we have developed a partnership with Rural Action. Rural Action is an amazing um, nonprofit activist organization of just tremendous uh, people locally. And the three entities together, myself and uh, Professor Riefler and OU and then Rural Action, we've been working on this for quite some time. And we developed a partnership with Ohio Department of Natural Resources. And they have really been tremendous supporters of ours for the last few years. And so together, we actually were awarded $3.5 million um, in abandoned mine land reclamation funding to really get this full-scale treatment plant off the ground. So in that process, what's happened is that we realized in order to get the pigment to the market, we're going to have to have a business entity to sell it commercially. And so that is kind of a public-private entity that was set up through Rural Action, and that is called True Pigments, LLC. And that is headed up by our amazing partner, Michelle Shively, who is a Sunday Creek Watershed Coordinator at Rural Action. So that all really sounds pretty impressive to me, and it sounds like an interesting business model. Now that you've gotten some publicity about this, have you heard from people in other parts of the country saying, hey, we'd like to do this here? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, we get a lot of emails for people that would like us to come out and help them with whatever mining uh, messes or pollution effluent that they're dealing with as well. And not just across the country, but we get emails from all over the world, uh, Tasmania, Australia, Germany, UK, you name it. So right now we're not able to do that because we're still refining the process and we will need to do, of course, a lot of beta runs with our first full-scale plant. But that is our hope. Our hope is that this technology can, in fact, be exported and incorporated anywhere in the world where they're dealing with this particular kind of pollution. That was John Sabra, Professor of Art and Chair of Painting and Drawing and Digital Art and Technology at Ohio University. For more information about his Pollution to Pigment project with Dr. Guy Riefler, go to ohio.edu slash news. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.